AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Ooh, y'all. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm excited to be here for two reasons. Number one, this is the first episode of Her with Amina Brown recorded in front of a live audience. So, audience, let's give it up for that. interviewing a legend today. I am excited to welcome Emmy award-winning journalist, host of NPR WABE radio show, A Closer Look, the Rose Scott is here. (laughs) So, Rose, I have a lot of things I'm trying to ask you. First of all, you are usually the interviewer. That is true. You have interviewed politicians, activists, entertainers, athletes. True. What are you looking for when you're looking for a guest to come on your show and be in the interviewee spot? To be authentic, um, to tell the truth, even if that truth is they ain't none of your business, Rose, which, you know, some have politely said, I'm not telling you that. And that's that's okay. You know, I tell people you don't have to answer any question. It'll be a short interview. Uh, But just in folks, you know, to be authentic um, and be compelling and understand that I'm not usually when, when my producers, when we have a segment, you know, we're not trying to, to embarrass anybody. We're not trying to put anybody on blast. We do want to have a conversation. I might ask some difficult or tough questions because that's my job. Right. But I always tell people, was I fair? You could not like a question, but was I fair? You know, my father used to say that to me. He would say, you know, you don't like the fact that I'm asking you why you coming home at one o'clock when your curfew is 10. No, I ain't like it. But was it a fair question? 
Absolutely. So that's kind of the approach that we take. You know, we're not looking to to embarrass anybody or I'm not looking to create an emotion. I'm looking to have a conversation. Yeah. And that, that might entail some very difficult and tough questions, but they will be fair. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. What is it like to be interviewed? I hate this shit. <laughs> And, and I'm so glad he's a podcast because I, I was told I could cuss. Yes, yes. So I, I don't get to cuss on radio. You know, it's like public radio. You're not supposed to cuss. So now it's 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 interesting because um, I'm not I'm not used to it. But I, I take the same advice. I want to be authentic. I want to tell the truth. If it's something I don't want y'all to know, I ain't gonna tell you. You know, it's the same. You know, yeah. Same 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 application for me. I'm I'm no different. So yeah. it's a little you know. I'm I'm kind of shy about being interviewed. Really? Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. I can kind of see that because yeah. it's it's different when you're in the seat of someone, you know, asking you the questions. Yeah, I'm I can like, see that. What's she going to ask me now? <laughs> she going to ask me who I'm dating? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would be like a her after dark, you know? We we'll oh, to... definitely would be. Yeah. <laughs> way, way, <laughs> way, after way after dark. <laughs> Some margaritas. I want to ask you about the importance of journalism. We're we're in an era right now where uh, we are we are dealing with a lot of uh, not facts, a lot of things that are put out there that are actually not truth, but are put out there as the truth. Journalism has always been important, but in this moment, in this era of history, why is journalism so important for us in this moment? Because we've been battling probably the last—I'll be fair. I was going to start with 2016, but I'll be fair. I, I, the internet, which has been a, a great advancement for humankind, it's been wonderful. Uh, but we're, we're battling against instant—you know, someone can put something up within the next two seconds, and it can get shared and read—it's not— Twitter anymore, whatever the hell it is, it can be re ex reposted. And people take that as as being factual. So we're in a space where we have to compete with that. Um, and I, I tell my producers all the time, and I used to tell journalists when I was in the newsroom, you know, I, I don't want to be first all the time, but I want to be right. Yeah. Because people remember when you get it wrong, you know, they remember when you get it wrong. Um, uh, so we're up against that. We're up against Uncle Bob putting some out there that says, you know, the president is really an alien. And then everybody shares that, you know, or we're up against technology where people can create these these images and, and these reels that look very real and they're not. And so we're, we're up. We're constantly up against that. And also competing for for clicks and likes and all that, because what does that do? That drives sponsors and advertisers. Um, it used to be people wanted to know, hey, what are your credentials? Right. Now it's like, how many followers you got? You know, what are your socials like? Somebody asked me that. I had no idea. I was like, my nephew's like, auntie, what, what's your socials looking like? I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, are they good? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you need to have more followers. I'm like, is that the only way you're going to... He listens to me because I'm his auntie. But he gets his news from Instagram and, and what's that thing called? The, the shade room and, and the, the TikToker and all that stuff. You know, and I know what it is, but it's like, I would rather that he got his news from credible outlets. And so we're, we're up against that. And we have to change 
I think how we are delivering and disseminating information. And it also means we need to call the BS when it is out there. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly fighting with people in my own family. I'm like, that's not true. You know, my, 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 um, nephew's ex-wife would not send my grandnephew to school because she was told that Hamas was going to come in and, and they were targeting the schools in, in, in Missouri. Wow. And I, I had to kind of do, you know, I'm like, you, you can't keep him from being educated because of something that you, you, you see someone is, is posting as being factual. So I'm constantly up against that with members of my own family. So imagine in society at large what we're up against. And we have to we have to be on guard about that all the time. But I also tell people, you know, y'all have to be better consumer of news if you're not. You know, the effort that you put in when you get some new kicks or you go buy a car, you do your homework, right? You do your research. When you buy them little lashes, y'all y'all know what lashes to get, <laughs> what lashes not to get, right? Right. So do the same thing for your news. I read and listen to a lot of different outlets, but they're credible, you know. So do your research and, and be a better consumer of news. And and whether it's NPR or CNN or MSNBC or BBC or Reuters, you know, that's, you know, I, I watch some conservative news outlets, but ones that are that are going to be fair. Right. I don't care what your political leaning is, but be fair in your assessment. And we're in a space where people just aren't. Right. You know? Right. When you were starting your career in in media and in broadcasting, there, there was no Twitter. Well, <laughs> there was no Facebook. I had a pager. <laughs> what do you mean all wild? <laughs> Act like you don't know. <laughs> so when you were starting out in your career, it seemed like there was a type. There was a type that maybe certain media companies or media outlets were, were looking for on radio or were looking for on TV. And that type typically excluded people it who were me. from marginalized communities. Right. No, it, wasn't, it wasn't me. It was, uh, I remember I, I went to, to, for an interview, it was news, because my, my career was in sports. Mm-hmm. My, my career began in sports and I was going to be the next Robin Roberts. And, and I, you know, I, I, I can talk about football, basketball, baseball, hockey, yeah, you know, NASCAR. And I went to, to to be interviewed for this it was a TV job, it was a small market station, and it was a it was a brother on a behind the desk that said, Well, you're gonna need a nose job. What? And um I hadn't I hadn't started locking yet, but you know, I was in that that pre lock stage. Y'all know sisters knows that like brothers, y'all know too. That pre-lock stage where here's like, yeah. So that that pre-lock stage and coming off a perm, woo, that's, that's a tough rough. Time. That's a tough time. You got to really work hard to kind of come up with something. And, you know, I was, I, you know, I was in between like Whoopi Goldberg and Tracy Chapman. <laughs> that's with, a time. with a little bit of Bushwick Bill. That's a time right yeah, there. I was, I, I was, that, that hair was, you know, my man was like, uh, well, first of all, <laughs> I think you might need to get a nose job and, and straighten your hair. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm not doing that. Mm. I remember I told my father and he was like, you, you, know, you, don't, you don't need to do that. So the first black woman I saw on television doing the news was a woman named Carol Simpson mm-hmm. for ABC News. And, um, and then Robin Smith in St. Louis, who was a local anchor. And that, that, that for me, that was okay. That's what I want to do. But 
to go up against these barriers from people saying I have to look like and sound like Barbara Walters or, you know, Jane Polly or whoever. And I was like, and I always loved radio too, but I was like, I'm not getting a nose job. I thought about it. I really thought about it. And my father was like, you ain't getting no nose job. And um, I was like, I'm not, I, I wanted, I wanted, I've always wanted locks. I said, I'm going to lock my hair. So I just didn't do it. I, I, I stuck with it and, um, you know, radio has been a passion for mine anyway. And so, but I've been able to do TV and documentaries and, and win an Emmy with locks. So hmm, go figure. Yo, yo, what advice would you give to people who are coming from marginalized communities and want careers in media and journalism? So I, 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 I give the same advice no matter what community you're coming from. Um, if you want to do this job, if you want to be a journalist, if you want to be a credible journalist, because you want people to either A, learn from what you're disseminating or you're, you're bringing information that perhaps people haven't heard before. Your lived experiences matter. You know, uh, we all have lived experiences and it, it matters yeah. and it can help define or shape how you approach any industry. But when it comes to journalism, I think sometimes it's hard for people who are not from a specific community to understand. You know, I, I've I've had heated debates with colleagues about, well, there should be this. There's always an antagonist. There's a this side and that side. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm, I don't believe in objectivity. Hmm. I believe in being fair. Hmm. There's a difference. And, you know, Gwen Ifill, who who's a, a shero of mine, would say, you know, my job is to be fair. That's where I get that from. Because objectivity always implies that you have to tell this other side. Well, I've covered sex trafficking. Right. There ain't no other side. Right. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, we can have debates about policy and sentencing and all that, but it is wrong. And I remember when I did the documentary, um, How to Stop the Candy Shop, which was about child sex trafficking here in Atlanta, in Georgia. And this lawyer, there was this infamous, he was a pimp, I call him a trafficker, named Sir Charles. And, you know, he would have the girls marked with his moniker and all that. And his attorney was like, you want to talk to him? I was like, nah. Right. What do I want to talk to him for? Now, if he has a story that might be an explanation as far as I'm concerned. I don't know what explanation excuse you can give for trafficking kids or trafficking anyone, but especially children. So there was no need to talk to him. You know, there's no need. So understand that if you are covering a community for which you may not be familiar with, one, be respectful when you go into that community, research, you know, um, don't go in there thinking you know all the answers. Don't go in there with this, this sort of process of, I want to show these people's pain. You know, folks love, we call it pain porn. Mm. Folks love to profit off the suffering of people of color. Right. And poor people. Right. And don't just drop in because it's a problem. Now, I get it. Sometimes you got to cover this story. That's your story. But for me... I'm not dropping into these Atlanta communities. I'm in these Atlanta communities. And they can call me. I feel like all of Atlanta got my cell phone. So if you want it, I just give it to you. Um, Because that's not fair. I'm from that community. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to treat my people like that. I'm going to be fair because when you do wrong, I'm going to get you. But I'm not looking to try to get you to cry 
or, or get you, you know, to show this emotion because it will get me clicks or whatever. And I tell reporters, let a story breathe. Mm. Don't put your voice over another community. Don't put your voice over another person. If I ask you a question, I put the microphone there, I'm going to let you say what you got to say. Yeah, we may have to edit for time, but I don't need to come in and say, you know, Jackson felt this way and da 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 da. No, let Jackson tell his story. Yeah. You know, so that's where the, whatever community you come from, you know, going with the, 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 to me, the expectations that I'm doing a story, but I might learn something else too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, not de- and I'm definitely not going in trying to make them say something that I want them to say because the editor thinks that's what's going to get people to, to read more or listen or download or whatever. I don't work that way. Yeah. That ain't me. Yeah. Yeah. It requires a certain kind of honor that you want to give. Well, I'm going to be fair. Yeah. And they're my people. They, they my people. They look like me. I look like them. I'm going to go in there and then, you know, come on now. That ain't right. me. Right. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to transition to asking you about your favorite things on Uh-oh. this podcast. We have uh, a segment we do that's a her favorite thing. So we want to get into Rose Scott's <laughs> favorite things. So I want to start talking about snacks because that's very important. <laughs> For sure. So a part of the premise of this podcast came from me hanging out with my girlfriends in my living room. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes, you know, depending on money or time, you may not want to go to a restaurant. You might want to be like, we need to talk about some things. I need to come to your house. And we might not have money, maybe, to get the charcuterie board of our dreams, right? (laughs) I have some hummus I opened up two days ago. You bring a bell pepper that (laughs) you cut last night. We're going to bring our snacks together and hang out. When you are in this type of moment with your friends, with your people that you hang with, what is your favorite snack to bring into this situation? Are you a person who is going to buy a snack? Do you have a snack you like to make? What are the snack vibes? So with, with my crew, we call it, we, you know, we've been around for a minute, but we call ourselves the Wakandans, but, you know, and, 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 and some of them are, are through Jamaica, you know, from the Caribbean. So uh, it's always going to be some type of wings. Might be Love some it. jerk wings, might mm-hmm. be some lemon pepper wings. It's going to be some wings. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> probably some type of adult beverage. Love it. Love you know, it. Um, is there is there a favorite spirit or liquor that you prefer? You know, I <laughs> <laughs> So, I I love tequila. All right. All right. Okay. Oh, tequila has some fans in the building. Right. But you know, as a journalist, you can't just be going, I love tequila. You just can't be going around saying that. But um I I, I love tequila. I, I think it's, it's it's a great. You can just do a lot with it. Um, yeah, I like wine. I, you know, I've been, I've been digging Snoop Dogg's High Crimes yeah. wine. That, that Cali Red is dope, right? I mean, it goes with everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I, I like tequila. I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. But as far as the other, you know, wings, uh, I like hummus too, you know, uh, I can get down with some hummus, you know, I'm going to have a little bit more than that. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I, I'm a little bit older now, so I, I can't do as much cake as I would like to. Right. But you put a brownie in front of me. Now, when I say brownie, y'all, <laughs> not them brownies y'all be making, okay. putting a little stuff in there, but, you just know. Just to be clear. Just to be clear. Like but, a, re- um, a regular yeah, brownie. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, you want it from the edge or the center? Oh, give me the center. Okay. The it's center the, brownie. center brownie. Ice cream, uh-huh, vanilla, a la mode. Uh-huh. yes, and then I'm there, and and I like licorice. 
I'm a big licorice oh. fan. Yeah, licorice, them little gummy bears, Sour Patch Kids. My dentist hates me when he's like, <laughs> listen, he'll listen. It's like, why are you tell everybody you eat gummy bears? So, yeah, I'm I'm a simple gal. You know, I'm from St. Louis. I like barbecue. Yeah, you know. So having had barbecue in St. Louis and in Atlanta. Is it the same? Is it different? Discuss. Tell us. Yeah, here we go. I got to rep for my people now. <laughs> so in, in St. Louis, you know, we 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 like, uh, it is about the meat, you know, and I think it's about the meat here, but if y'all boiling ribs and putting sauce on it, I'm not saying y'all are doing that, but some people, some people do. You know, you, you got to marinate mm-hmm. your meat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you, you, you clean it. You got you to gotta marinate it. And my father would marinate pork steaks. Pork steaks are pork steaks are real big in St. Louis, and he would marinate them in in coffee, Folgers coffee, and mandarin oranges, and then he put them on that put them on a the grill. Mm. Yeah. Then he throw some eggplant because he knew I had to eat some vegetables. Like you gotta eat your vegetables like eggplant. That ain't no pork steak, but um. <laughs> so yeah, um, and in the sauce. St. Louis, we're big on sauce too. There ain't a whole lot, mm-hmm. but you just need enough just to give it that nice little. And I think in St. Louis too, we're more of a sweet I sauce. See. Like in Texas, they like that that they're good on the the dry rub mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> they don't really do yeah. They, y'all don't really do sauce in Texas, but y'all do barbecue. Y'all grill. There's a difference between barbecue and grilling. Yeah, that's right. So and and in North Carolina, they do a lot of that mustard. Yeah, the mustard. Yeah, yeah, which is it's not bad. But um, and then rib tips are big. I think here in in the south, y'all like tips. Mm-hmm. And but we do you know St. Louis style pork ribs. So y'all love St. Louis. I don't can't eat pork a lot, but I can throw some chicken on there. I, I enjoy swine on special and, occasions. I think that's nice. If you get a chick, if you go to a store, and I'm I'm not gonna mention store. No chicken is this the chicken breast that's this big. Don't get Yikes. that. Yikes! Ain't no chicken that big, Mm-mm. y'all. Mm-mm. That's you your wings should be little. If your wings like this is a problem, mm-hmm. I'm just saying I ain't gonna get like Oprah with the beef and get sued. Right? But, okay. Because we don't want that. We don't um, want that. But farmers markets are usually gonna have, you know, um, or my dad. We used to go. Str- I mean, we used to go straight to the barn. Wow. To get the the dog meat. I mean, straight to the barn. Like after the hog had had his last rites read to him by the priest. Yeah. Like. Wow. Yeah. So we used to you know, picking greens and. Snapping peas and all that. Y'all, y'all know about snapping peas? And, oh, yes. And making oh, yes. hot water skillet cornbread. <gasps> hot water skillet, Who, who yes. know about some hot water skillet mm-hmm. cornbread? That's all it. right. Speak about it. With some crackling in there. With that's, crackling. ah. With the hog. There you go. Mm. Yeah. I felt so that, that when you that's said crackling. That really yeah. took me to a place. And, yes. and neck bones. Oh. Yes, neck with, bones. With some with some butter beans. Mm-hmm. I didn't know we were going to go to church today, but that's I thank right. you for bringing that to us. I thank you for that's bringing that. No, mm-hmm. that's all right. That's mm-hmm. how I grew up. So, and I'm proud of it. Oh, I love that. I got the thighs to show. Listen, <laughs> listen, earned. Yeah. Earned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. 
sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Tell us your favorite Atlanta eats. I'm really curious about this, Rose, because oh, you you get to experience quite a few things around the city. You like we're in trouble. Where your a few we we know you can't name all your favorites, <sighs> of course, but a few places that are, you would say are your your stomping grounds. Soul vegetarian, yeah. Um, Twisted Soul. That's uh, Chef Deborah Deborah Ventry's yeah, place. Very good. Um, I I I'm digging the bomb biscuit. Oh. Um, and of course, both of them were just added to the Michelin recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, when I want to get my, my, uh, any type of Korean inspired, you know, I just go up B for highway and pick a spot. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, I'm not going to mention barbecue because I will get in trouble. Right. <laughs> That's They'll fair. be at my door with baseball bats. <laughs> no, we don't need that. Why you say my spot? You be over there every day. I'm like, oh, bro, I get you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It was a good eats. I like it. Yeah. Okay, I know you're a hip-hop fan. All day. And I, too, am a hip-hop fan. And I feel there's a question that <laughs> used to be asked. That's, that was your, you, you were going to a new school. You're starting a new job. You're just meeting some people. Yeah. There was a time where that's the, fir- the first thing you want to know is, what's yeah. your top five <laughs> MCs? People don't, people don't ask this question as much anymore. And yeah. I want to put a parenthetical note. That's because there's, you know, there's not as many great MCs as there used to be. But anyways, um, that part. Anyways, I want to hear your your top five. What would you say? All right. In no particular order. Yes, of course. Right. So uh, KRS-One, mm-hmm. Chuck D, Nas, mm-hmm. MC Light. Mm-hmm. And it's like three people at number five. Okay. Uh, LL. Andre 3000 mm-hmm. and Rakim. Yeah. 
that's, a that's, solid. That, that, that's the starting five with mm-hmm. some, you know, people coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. And then um, can, I get, can I get my other ones? Yes, yes, I'm in So um, I was mad at him for a while, but, you know, Ice Cube, because Cube, Cube got flow, man. Cube got crazy flow. Mm-hmm. He just talking crazy right he now. He is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right now. You know, yeah. uh, Jay-Z. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Method. Yeah. That's my dude right there. Um, Pac, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and y'all know who Jean Grey is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jean, Jean Grey. Ooh, Jean B. Ooh, she so underrated. Mm-hmm. So underrated. But yeah, Jean got some snappage, boy. Yeah, very. She got some. And then, you know, I, I my, my man from um um the locks, Jada Kiss. Jada Kiss. Jada, Jada be killing people, mm-hmm. man. So yeah. I like that. These are these are these are good votes. Yeah. Do you have newer or newish hip hop artists that you love? <laughs> Do you have any that um, stand out to you? I want to put Eminem on that list too, in that, that back list because as he that, that boy got crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what I mean, I mean, I, I I try not to be like my dad when hip hop came out, or you know, because he because what he said to me though, he said, you know, if you're gonna Listen to this because Grandmaster Flash, the message. I was like, oh, this is. He's like, well, I want you to listen to these cast named The Last Poets. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's The Last Poets, Gil Scott Heron. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to be, I don't understand these young people's music. I don't understand these young folks' music. <laughs> <laughs> what Amen. they saying? Yeah. It's a struggle. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I tr- mm-hmm. my, my nephew loves Kodak Black, and, you know, I hope he's listening. Dude, what you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to go. I'm trying to. I'm trying to flow with mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like Kendrick. Obviously, yeah, I like J. Yeah. Cole. I like Rhapsody. I love Rhapsody. You know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I like the independence of what people like Meg and mm-hmm. Cardi are doing. Right. I don't necessarily really. I'm not their target audience, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But I, I, you know, I love it. Let let them be them, you yeah. know, um, because there's always a certain set of stand, separate set of standards for the women. Yeah, you know, um, I don't have daughters. I have nieces, mm-hmm. so I may not want them to listen to some of this stuff until they are, you know, older, because they are they're influencers. Let's be really right. clear. But also it's up to the parents to say, now my dad said, I'm not with NWA, but if you want to listen to it, that's fine. But also said, you're going to listen to something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, now them, them city girls, woo. <laughs> I'd grab a Bible to listen to them. Boy, boy. I'm like, is, is, this, is this legal? <laughs> is this moral? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No. But they got art and I want them to be themselves, you know? Let, let them be, you know, because look, when little Kim came, we was like, God damn, little Kim. Yeah, do it. But I grew up with Light right. and, and Queen mm-hmm. and Salt and Pepper mm-hmm. and Sequence, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and Yo-Yo. Right. She said, don't play with me. Mm-hmm. So I want them to because they'll eventually they'll they'll grow away from that. I mean, we all do. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be one of these people. I wish hip hop would still embrace the, the its roots, you know, because yeah. it was about... Matter of fact, MC Light told me this. I interviewed her right around the corner over there in Studio 3. Um, she said, you know, she, MCs are like street journalists, hmm. you know, telling the story. 
And, and some of these folks, they ain't telling their story. They're just telling something. And I don't want to knock that, but, you know, hip hop was about the start as community. You know, what's happening with us and then also having a good time. Yeah. But I realized, you know, things are different. And also what's happening, you know, if it's police brutality, you know, HIV AIDS. I mean, we had artists that were, were talking about that. So I get it. I just would hope that it comes back a little bit, yeah. you know, and then some of this, the violence that that is around it. I mean, we don't need that. And when you start making money, this is what Jeezy talked about. You know, you making money. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to leave all that alone. T.I. said the same thing. Leave all that alone. Right. And 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 then take it, give it back to the community. I think some of these these guys that were, and women, it, were former street pharmacists, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially during the crack epidemic, I, I, I hope that they can give back to the community because we need centers, resource centers, right. drug abuse centers, drug, sub, substance disorder centers to... Because we're still dealing with the effect of y'all selling that crap in our neighborhoods. Right. I get it. You know, with no Uber, with no DoorDash. I think there are other ways, but now that you've made your money and you'll come up, give it back to the people. Yeah. Y'all move out, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But give back. Do yeah. something. Mm-hmm. You know, won't need no boomer barbershops, but if that's what you got, okay, fine. <laughs> right. But do something. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we we... He helped you make it. So, yeah, I'm in agreement with all of uh, all of the top that you named. I always have honorable mention for Black Thought. Okay, okay. I enjoy. If, it's like if there were a a, a most consistent mm-hmm. MC award, like Black Thought falls in that category okay. for me. That I'm like, I really, I really can't think of a bad verse. All like right. I love Jay Z, and I can mm-hmm. think of a couple of bad verses. I can think of a whole bad yeah. songs. <laughs> I mean. Jay-Z was misogynist. I mean, look, a lot of them were. I'm not knocking. I get it. Yeah. I'm yeah. not I'm not knocking that because at least Jay-Z was was talking about his truth at that time. Right. But Jay-Z ain't talking about that now. Mm-hmm. And that's what other artists should understand too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That 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 is your template. Mm-hmm. That's your model right there. Look at Queen Latifah. Some people don't even know Queen Latifah came out with ladies first. That part. They just think, oh, she's an actress. I go right. by Queen Latifah. No, Queen right. used to spit that fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And she said, who you calling a bitch? <laughs> Listen. I was like, hell yeah. Listen, she had the koofy. I, oh, mm, yeah. That was a time. That was a time. I love it. Love that for her. And yeah. I, I like you. I'm trying I'm trying not to become a, a hip-hop curmudgeon. I'm trying not to do that. But there is like an era of it that I love very yeah, much. So I, with that, yeah. I try to be about there's like a my hip hop category that I don't get to decide what is hip hop because hip hop is so broad and has grown so much now. But I can say this falls within my hip hop. And, and that's things, the beauty of it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. everyone, I mean, we got different generations here. So everyone can say, look, this is my hip hop. This is my experience. This is my path. This is encapsulates what was happening in my community or for me. And that's okay. Yeah. Because 80 years from now, you know, people be looking at, oh, what was going on when Jay-Z was popping or, or you know, Rakim or Kodak Black. <laughs> uh, Kodak, man, if you listen, I'm trying to work with you, bro. <laughs> Just want to understand. Just want to understand what the hell you talking about. What you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you be talking about. I'm, not, I'm, I'm normally not a new person who, uh, not a person who listens to new music. And I actually got, you know how like on the Apple Music app, they'll have like a playlist that's like, you can listen to new music that's out yeah. now. So when Cardi was first coming out, I actually decided I was going to hate listen 
to this new music playlist. And I was like, let me listen to this so I can decide what I don't like about this. And then Bodak Yellow came on and I was like, sis said, I don't got to dance. Yeah. I got money now. I got money shoes. That's her truth. And I'm glad. Yeah. She got a fan out of me right there. Like to this day. She was like, I paid for these teeth and it wasn't cheap. Yeah. It wasn't cheap. It cost me money to get these teeth. That's her truth. Mm-hmm. I got no problem with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying, Rose. I too. I, I know. I'm am trying to take in a new artist every three years, <laughs> and then that's it. You better than me. These my limitations. Cause uh, yeah, my nephew would send me stuff. You like this person? I'm like, nah. <laughs> now I send him something. You like this person? They cool. He, <laughs> he don't want to admit that you know that he might like it. That he might like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I sent him some X Clan. He's like, ooh, they coming hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I sent him some poor righteous teachers. Yeah. Oh man. He was like, oh damn, I, <laughs> I can't I can't counter that. I said, no, you can't counter with that. Doesn't can't have counter a with poor righteous teachers. No. Who are you gonna counter that with? Mm-mm. Nobody. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. I have always thought, because I shared a birthday with Buster Rhymes, oh, that man. if I Ooh-ah. could have an MC do a do a, a verse about me. I feel like I would choose Busta because we share a birthday. That just seems like it would make sense. Maybe he can make the whole thing rhyme based on Amina, you know, like <laughs> yeah. he did some of his other verses. Yeah. If you could have an MC rap a verse about you, who would you choose? Oh, without a doubt, it would it would be MC Light. Yeah. Yeah, it would be Light. Yeah. Because yeah. she gets me as a woman, as a black woman. And, and yeah, no. I just say, come, do what you got to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I would love to hear that. MC Light, we know you listening. And then second, so. it's going to surprise some people. Okay. Second, <laughs> too short. <laughs> Yo! I got a too short side. Y'all don't know I'm about. interested. I'm interested in this. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got a too short side. Y'all don't know about that. I'm interested in this, Rose. Too short I, of iced tea, you know. I, I want to know about this. Uh, <laughs> no, too short. Don't. I don't know if you're listening. Um, but too short, we, we want to hear this. We want to hear this Rose Scott verse. Because I, I, I will admit, Rose, you know... I had a chance to hear Too Short live at one music fest here in Atlanta. And it really does clear the lungs when you can just <laughs> say those words with Too Short, you know? Just just being there and just out into the air. What's my favorite word? Beat? I mean, wow. <laughs> That's a time, Rose. I can see why you would want him yeah. to be to be the one there. And I like Short because, you know, he's like, I'm not a good rapper. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm I'm your nephew. And this is what we're talking about. You know, too short is that guy you playing spades or dominoes with, and then he just gonna you do something, he's just gonna snap on you and then come with a line, and y'all go have, you know, a 40 or something like that. So um, yeah, you know. And I and I'm able to criticize too some of the other stuff they right, talk about. Right. You know. But, um, yeah. we're, we're looking for this Rose Scott mixtape where you <laughs> curate, you know, where like, you know, sort of like you could be the Khaled of that, where like you bring these okay. artists together yeah. to make the songs you have decided. I'm, I want you to know we're awaiting that because yeah, no. this sounds very fascinating. <laughs> I mean, Too Short and MC Light right there on the same album. That just sounds, <laughs> this sounds like a thing, Rose. I want it you to consider. Like yeah, okay. I want I'm you to think you about know, that. You know, and Nelly's my homeboy. He's from St. Louis. You know, so I, was, I got a fun side, too. I like to dance and party and all that. So I could bring Nelly in for that. Because one thing about Nelly, again, being truth, you know, he wasn't trying to come and say, I'm this and that. This is, that song, Country Grammar, y'all seen that video? I swear, half my cousin's in that video. <laughs> I'm like, ain't, 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 ain't that little bit daughter? Uh-huh. 
Ain't that uh, so-and-so went to? Yeah. He kept it real. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I can, I can show some love for Nelly. Last question for me, and then we'll take a couple of questions from the crowd. As a journalist, Ooh. you have to in, take in a lot of stories. Some of them are heartwarming. Some of them are heartbreaking also. How do you keep joy in your life? What would you, what would you say is bringing you joy at this season of life? <laughs> the fact that I got through the pandemic yeah. and everything else with that, with the social injustice rallies and covering that and the protests, which were justified, let's right. be really clear, um, polarizing politics, which were crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but I had a lot of grief during that time yeah. from the end of 2019 through... 2021, mm -hmm. I, I lost my brother mm -hmm. to drug overdose. Then five months later, my sister died. Mm -hmm. um, my great uncle died. And he was 102, so he's ready to go. He was like, I'm out. Y'all got this pandemic. This, I, wasn't, I wasn't ready for this. So he just he went to sleep, said, I'm gone. We was good with that. Um, lost some very good friends. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had to put both my cats down. Wow. My cat of 21 years, she mm -hmm. was a Siamese. And my main coon was 15. And it's like all this grief. And I kept working through all of this. Right. We're right upstairs in Studio 4 WABE where we're recording this podcast. And I'll never do that again. I will never sacrifice my mental health for my job. Yeah. I ain't never doing that shit again. Mm -hmm. But for me at the time, it was like, I got to get through this. And I remember... I found out my sister had passed 20 minutes before I was to go on air. And I just, I don't remember the segment. You know, I just got through it. Then I got home and I just cried. Mm -hmm. And um, by the grace of some good girl, you always got to have good girlfriends, right. good boyfriends or That's whatever. Right. You, you got to have that because, you know, without them, I probably wouldn't have... It was it was it was tough. It was rough, but I should have taken time away from this job, mm. and I didn't do that. And then nobody was checking really on the journalists, especially the black journalists. Nobody right. was saying, "How y'all getting through this?" When you see you you see someone that looks like you from your community dying, and we you know we've seen the video and cell phone footage of stuff before, but George Floyd was so different. Yeah. Ahmaud Arbery, you know, Rayshard Brooks, you know, Breonna Taylor, you know, you're constantly taking all this in. These are, these are your people. Yeah. And then the pandemic and then who was early on, what communities were being greatly affected. There was a disparity. It was rural communities, poor communities, black and brown communities. So you got that going on. Right. And so it was a sister. I can't remember her name. I would love to give her proper credit. She wrote up op in the New York Times about black journalists are not okay. Hmm. And I, I like retweeted it or posted it. And then finally someone I went to college with, or actually he worked at, in sports information when I was in college, we worked together. His name was Tom James. He just tweeted, hey Rose, how you doing? Yeah. And that meant the world for me to me because nobody asked me how I was doing. Hmm. Nobody said, what do you need? And so then as I started to open up a little bit more, my friends were like, hey, what can we do? And I remember my Gigi, she uh, called me and she said, how you, how you doing? You, you didn't sound like yourself. She was listening to the show and I was like, Gigi, I'm, 
It's rough. Yeah. And she sent a one of those edible bouquets yeah. of like chocolate covered pineapples and bananas and all that and strawberries. And she came over with a bottle of Puerto Rican rum. Love to see it. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's how you deal with your issues, but goddamn, it, I, we dealt with it that night. Yeah, do the work. It do and the work. So, but, you know, just, just friends, you know, um, some really good friends. It was just like, what do you need? We're here. Um, and I should have I should have taken time, but I'll never do that again. Because I think if I ever deal with something like that again, it's going to kill me. Right. Right. And no job is worth that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No job. Yeah. So right now it was bringing me joys that I, I I got through that and I'm I'm okay. I'm still, you know, still working things out with the universe about all this death, you know, lost some very good friends right. and but we're gonna work it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you, Rose. Thank you. Uh I wanna take a couple of questions. We have time for maybe two or three questions if you know, anyone in the audience has I'm one. Good. You can you can say it out loud. I will also say it here on the microphone, so we'll have it for the recording. Anybody questions for Rose about yeah. snacks? Anything? Yes. <laughs> what you got? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to make it concise since so you got to repeat it. Uh, you were able to win an Emmy talking about very sensitive subject with Syrian refugees um, in Jordan a few years ago. What advice? would you give to journalists today covering similar topics in a media environment that has put a lot of more controls on what people can and can't say? Well, I think if you are working for an outlet that is trying to control what you say or the images that you all disseminate or show, I think you need to reevaluate who you're working for. But I get what you're saying. Um, when I went to uh, the Middle East in 2013 to cover the Syrian refugees, I was covering how CARE, the Atlanta organization here, was helping them. It's about people. Y'all can argue all day about policy and politics, who's wrong, who's right. I'm, I'm talking about when people are suffering, you know, and 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 they have nothing to do or they they are the consequences, the unintended or maybe sometimes intended consequences of a greater issue. You know, um, I'm in, I'm always interested in the human story mm-hmm. and the human side of this. And, and when you talk to a woman who left Syria with six kids, her husband, his arm was for, I mean, his, he lost his arm in a bomb blast and he bled out in the, back bedroom because there was no hospital to get him to and she she still hadn't told the kids by the time I interviewed her mm. they still thought daddy was coming home that story that's what people need to hear y'all can argue all day about the government and, and, and all that but these are human lives here right. so I'm trying to do it with respect mm. um, I'm not trying to get her to say something I'm, and also in that instance I'm with a translator so what was interesting about that trip was I, I had interviewed another woman um, who fled with her daughter. And first of all, it was a 16-hour flight from, <laughs> I had to go to Chicago from there to Amman, Jordan, straight. And it's like seven, eight hours different. So I was tired the entire week. And I'm in this woman's home and she she says something and the translator laughs and looks at me. And I was like, what'd she say? She said, 
the American looks tired, so I'm going to make coffee for her. <laughs> so she was worried about me. Wow. She didn't have, she had lost everything, mm. you know. And then I get a text from somebody in my family, they need a new phone. I'm like, no, let's put things in perspective here. So in covering some sensitive or complex or just tough issues or, or stories, what have you, you know, my approach is to to be respectful, to get what I can, you know, to get the information I can, do the interviews. It's going to be tough. Um, and if I need to check out at some point, I'm going to check out. If it's too much, you got to you got to disconnect, you know. Um, the the human traffic, the sex trafficking story, we made the the center of that, the core of that documentary was about a young woman who was forced into it at the age of 12 mm -hmm. by somebody at her church. <sighs> and so I wanted Keisha to tell her story. And we did that interview right over there in Studio A. And uh, she said, no one ever asked me my story. Mm -hmm. So we let her story kind of guide the rest of the documentary. You know, um, depending on what it is, sometimes you have to really plan. Okay, let's, let's get this voice, get this voice, get this voice, get that. But then also sometimes if something's missing, I say, well, there's got to be a human interest in here somewhere. Mm -hmm. Who are we missing? And let them tell their story, you know. And there are times where I like, I had to, you know what? I'm sitting with the editor. This is for the documentary. I was like, you know what? I can't anymore. I know we're on deadline, but I'm tearing up. I cry. I'm human. I get emotional. Like everybody else. So I have to disconnect. I know I have a job to do. But when it comes to disconnect, disconnect, then I go put on some Nina Simone or Tupac or whatever, you know, Led Zeppelin, whatever I got to do to, you know, get through the night. And I come back at it in the morning. I hope I answered your question. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, this is actually kind of a tough question for me. <clears throat> I'm Muslim, and uh, the, a lot of the places where I I value the news um, were covering Israel in a in a light that was uh, it was really tough to watch. Mm -hmm. I'm Even the places that I, you know, I respect. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. I think well. <laughs> Well, so what my question is, um, is what is your suggestion on how people should navigate this type of stuff? Because <clears throat> even places that you feel are safe for you to kind of ingest what they're giving you, you realize that like they're driven by, you know, finances, things like that. So what would you suggest is a a good solution for people to always kind of stay on your toes, <laughs> you know, as far as the news cycle or, um, in terms of the consumer, the in terms of the consumer yeah. or, you know, I, I <laughs> look, I love America in a sense, <laughs> <laughs> but we don't own the patent or the rights to credible news. Right. You know, I, I, I mainstream media, you know, it, it's always interesting to me to see how, other international outlets cover things in America. So I use that same approach to something that was happening with Israel and, and Hamas. Um, you know, I suggest to seek out other outlets. I'm going to, I think the BBC has done a, a pretty good job. I think Reuters has done a, a pretty good job. Um, I don't 
think all of the American-based outlets are doing a very good job. Look, the war is between Israel and Hamas. All right? And I think it's unfair to go after people if they are echoing cries for peace or echoing cries to to please be show some humanity towards the Palestinians who are not the terrorists. Mm-hmm. I think people have a right to say that's how they feel. And they, and they also at the same time say, we feel for these 14, for these 1400 people that have been murdered by the Hamas. Right now, do we know the history of all that? Yeah. But for right now, people are being killed and people are, are, are the consequences of this. And if we can't, try to work towards some type of peaceful resolution. Because let's be really clear about this. Israel is a, has a very forceful military, and they should, just like the U.S., right? Hamas ain't got no chance. But who's to say that you are going to wipe all of them out? There has got to be, I'm not smart enough to know, well, I have an opinion, I ain't going to tell you, I'm not smart enough to know what the, what the, how they can come together in terms of, but there has to be a way. There has to be a way because people are being murdered and, pe- and, and kids are being killed. There has to be a way. Figure this shit out. There has to be a way. Mm-hmm. On, on, and and I, I don't want anybody being murdered. Right. You know, I lost my brother. Line of, my brother was murdered. He was a police officer, killed in the line of duty. So I know what that pain is like to lose somebody and, and to lose someone in, in an act of violence. So I... I feel because we shouldn't lump all Muslims under one umbrella, just like we do with black folk and brown folk and white folk, you know. Um, and I wish I had the answer to to tell you that you could go here and, and magically you'll get all the, you'll get what you want to hear. Because let's be clear too, people turn to the news because they figure like they, they they have their favorite news outlets because they want to hear what they want to hear. Most people, right? Folks that watch Fox want to hear that. Folks that watch MSNBC, you ain't going to hear that. You know, my job where I am is I'm not trying to tell you what to think or how to think, but I do want to give you something to think about. I'm going to be fair about it. You know, and it is, is it complex? And covering this, it can be if you're not going to thoroughly come from a place where you're really trying to see sometimes a story is not the story. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we have this bigger story, right? With Israel and Hamas and, and, and Palestine, right? But I'm also interested in how are folks trying to navigate through all of this? That's a story for me. How are you navigating through this as someone who's Jewish, as someone who's Muslim, as someone who's that? Is can y'all come together and, and work together as a, as a and for the good of the community? That's a story to me. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm interested in. But if y'all want to argue, that my platform ain't that ain't that ain't what we're doing. I have a very powerful platform. I admit that it took me a while to really kind of understand that. I have a very powerful platform. I'm not going to misuse it to attack anybody or to get people to think one way or the other. Right. That's not what y'all need from me. So, yeah. That answer your question. Did I answer your question, my man? Yeah. Okay. All right.
Last one. Yeah. Uh, who or what influenced you to um, want to do journalism? That's a great question. So when I was six years old, so my dad used to um, listen to Cardinals baseball games on the radio because back in the day, believe it or not, folks really loved listening to, to games on the radio. And there was a guy in St. Louis named Jack Buck. Love Jack Buck. I'm a big Cardinals fan. I mean, Bray's all right, but, you know, <laughs> I, look, I'm going to rep Cardinals till I die. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. I would hear Jack Buck. My dad would my dad would sit on the porch, listen to the game. We could have the TV on in the house. He turned the volume down, and he'd turn on the radio because he wanted to hear Jack Buck. Jack Buck was a announcer, and I was fascinated about how he would just have my daddy hooked. Like I could get twenty twenty dollars from my dad. Dad, give me twenty dollars. I go to White Castle. Here you go, because he in tune to the game. <laughs> I need. I lost it. I need five, But anyway, um, so I was. I loved radio, and I loved news and information. I, you know, before the Jeffersons came on, I had to watch 60 Minutes. I was like, man, or Good Times, or whatever. So I watched the news. Um, so Jack Buck was an influence because of how he could control this, his anything around him coming out of this box. And I used to take the antenna. Remember radios had the antenna? And I would pretend like I was broadcasting. Yeah. I was so cute. And, um, <laughs> and then I would watch 60 Minutes. I saw... These folks interviewing people. I saw an interview with the Shah of Iran. I was like, oh, cool. You know, in interviewing all these people. And and um as I got older, I knew I wanted to be a journalist. I you know, I didn't really know about NPR until a little bit later, but um, but I wanted to go into sports too. And so when ESPN came about and Robin Roberts, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna be like Robin Roberts, and then I actually wrote to her. Wow. And 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 when I graduated from college, I knew I was coming to Atlanta. I didn't know how I was going to get here, but I knew I was I was coming to Atlanta. I knew the Olympics were here, and I wrote to her and I was like, I want to come to Atlanta. And she wrote me back. And she's like, Rose, Atlanta is a great place. There are a lot of people that can help you because she had been here. Wow. But she said the key is to surround yourself with people who are willing to help you, hmm. and that's a big difference. Yeah. So, you know, Jack Buck, Robin Roberts, Gwen Eiffel, who is uh, a big shero of mine. Um, but also two people who were not in the industry. Uh, Toni Morrison, uh, I was a big fan. Audre Lorde, I used to read their stuff. Langston Hughes. Because that was that, that kept me in my blackness. Yeah. Because, like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to stay black, 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 black. Period. Black. Period. Very black. black. You know, mm -hmm. Yeah. So Black every day. Every, every day. Mm -hmm. Unapologetic mm -hmm. all the time. That's a great answer. Except when you go to Alaska. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. One last one. What yeah. you got? With all this heavy information that you receive all the time, how do you take care of yourself? Another good question. Um, I disconnect, like I said. You know, I'll come home and I might put on the Cartoon Network or I may not put anything on. I, I, I do. I, look, I work in this space, so I get the alerts from AP and all that, but... I'll disconnect. I'll go for walks. I'll ride my bike. I'll hang out with friends. Um, I dog sit my friends' pets. Um, I'm going on a trip. I'm going to Ghana in a few months. No. So, um, and sometimes I just sit in silence and just listen to the universe. I know that sounds very cerebral and all, you know, chamomile tea and incense <laughs> and all that shit, um, but it's real. That that's how I disconnect because it is. You're right. It's it's a lot of happiness. Yeah. And um, I you know you can't you can't let that. If it gets to a point where it's draining on you, then you gotta do something. 
Yeah. You go do something else. I go, you know, I'll go raise, you know, llamas or something like that. But <laughs> I'm not there yet, but I think I'm, I think I got maybe, maybe six more years. Okay. Maybe. Mm. But I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. I, I ain't, y'all, the, the future, let the next folks do it. I, I just hope I'm, I'm leaving a, a, a pathway for them to be better. Yeah. And to do bigger and better things and for our industry to really play a pivotal role. Um, because that uh, the, the power of a free press and democracy go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's make you know, yeah. about that. Give it up for Rose <laughs> Scott. Brown is produced by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions as a part of the Seneca Women Podcast Network in partnership with iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Since every minute counts when you're a new parent, who wants to waste time washing bottles? Transform this daily chore with the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro, the first machine that automatically washes, sterilizes, and dries bottles, pump parts, and sippy cups at the push of a button. Its 20 spray jets clean everything 100%. Plus, it sterilizes with steam, then dries with germ-free air. Don't waste time on tedious hand washing. Let the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro do it for you. Shop now at babybretza.com.